I've not been able to watch Leaving Neverland. It's not available up here in Canada, to my knowledge. This is the documentary on Michael Jackson and this molestation that people claim he did. And uh, this was a trial that I remember going on when I was younger. But I do want to talk about some of the aspects of it that don't require watching it. So we're going to look at variety here, Leaving Neverland, Five Shocking Moments from Michael Jackson, Sexual Abuse Doc. It says here, after a week of turbulent anticipation, Dan Reed's Leaving Neverland made its Sundance debut at Park City, Utah's Egyptian Theater on Friday. Moments before the screening began, festival director John Cooper informed the packed house that healthcare providers supplied by the state of Utah were standing by to offer counsel for those distressed by the film's explicit descriptions of sexual abuse. I sympathize with that. I really do. I actually went to see a movie once called Once Were Warriors, which is a brutal and and powerful film. And uh, the woman had uh, actually experienced sexual abuse and found it. uh, I remember her gripping my arm to the point where her nails dug into my flesh. Uh, It's very, um, it's very powerful to see that stuff on the big screen. So uh, although this is more descriptions of it, of course, right? He says here, the precaution was not unwarranted. Reed's film follows two accusers, Wade Robson and James Safechuck, as they describe intense and graphic acts they say Jackson committed against them, as well as those they say the pop star coached them to commit on him. So Robson met Michael Jackson through a dance competition at age five and said the sexual abuse began when he was seven. Safechuck was cast in a Pepsi commercial starring Jackson around age eight, and the alleged abuse began after months of close friendship. I think that's called grooming, technically. Jackson consistently wholly denied any wrongdoing when alive, saying he would never hurt a child. There were many difficult moments in the nearly four-hour screening. Here are a few that jumped out, warning some of the following descriptions are graphic. Mock wedding. Safe Chuck said Jackson wielded his own childhood interests against him during their relationship. As the, at the time, as a preteen, Safe Chuck had an affinity for jewelry, Jackson would take him to various stores and luxury counters and have him sample different accessories. Safechuck said Jackson would tell salespeople that the gift was for a woman, but Safechuck's small wrists and hands were helpful for sizing. Jackson purchased a gold band lined in diamonds for Safechuck, the latter said, and gave him the gift in a mock wedding ceremony. The pair crafted their vows together. Love faxes. At the height of their friendship, as Jackson's relationships with young men were often called, I think they're technically boys, but Jackson bought Robson a fax machine. It was hot tech in the late 80s and allowed Jackson to send yards of messages that read like love letters or the fan mail the smooth criminal singer was accustomed to receiving. I love you, little one, one fax note allegedly from Jackson to the seven-year-old dancer said, make me happy and be the best. Similar notes were shown in a rapid-fire montage and included drawings Jackson did of himself as mementos for young Robson. The living room would be covered in faxes, Robson's mother Joy said in the film. Neverland was a giant bed. While many to this day paint Jackson's spread Neverland Ranch as a testament to childlike spirit and a personification of its once absurd wealth, leaving Neverland gives a different kind of tour of the famed space. Virtually every structure on the grounds had hideaways with beds or privacy nooks. Safechuck said, At the height of Jackson's alleged abuse, they used many locations around the ranch where Jackson would molest him. This includes a locked private box in Jackson's movie theater that used one-way glass so no one in the theater seats below could see inside. Neverland's train station had a hidden attic with a bed. One section of the flat yard was lined with teepees. Both locales were sites of abuse, said Safechuck. Oral sex games were played 
in the pool and jacuzzi, the list goes on, and as the photos of each location ticked by, disgusted groans in the theatre grew louder. Destroying evidence. A few years after Jackson's highly publicised 1993 child sex abuse case, the singer reconnected with 14-year-old Robson, who said he'd experienced a considerable growth spurt and was then as tall as Jackson. Still, the sexual abuse occurred one last time, Robson said, as Jackson rehearsed for his history world tour the following year in 1997. He invited Robson to a Los Angeles hotel in their first encounter in years and attempted to anally penetrate the 14-year-old, Robson said. The act became too painful and Jackson relented, he said. The next day, a private secretary of Jackson's demanded Robson come to him right away at the L.A. dance studios where rehearsals were taking place. Robson said Jackson asked him what happened to the underwear Robson was wearing during their night together and that if any blood was on the garment, Robson needed to get rid of it. Robson complied and indeed found his underwear bloody. He disposed of them in his condo's garage dumpster. Drills. Safechuck said in his early years at the height of the alleged abuse, the superstar created a series of fail-safes to avoid getting caught in the act. Bells lined the series of doors leading to Jackson's master suite walking closet where a blanket would be spread on the floor and the doors shut, he said. Safechuck also said while on tour or traveling the world, he and Jackson would have drills of getting their clothes on as quickly as possible. I mean, it's... The accusations are, are, are monstrous and, and hideous. And, I mean, this stuff just went on and on. And again, there's stuff that, that, that nobody, like he, the, the Jackson slept with boys uh, while he was a fully grown man. I mean, this is in, indisputed that he traveled with boys. And, oh, man, it's just, it's just horrendous. Uh, it's just awful. And people say, well, it's all, uh, all hearsay. Well, there is, in fact, some, some evidence, right? So again, I'll put links to this below. And this is from 2005. Witness claims fingerprints said to belong to the star and his accuser are found on explicit publication. Fingerprints matching those of Michael Jackson and his accuser Gavin Arviso were found together on a pornographic magazine seized from the singer's Neverland Ranch, a police forensics expert has said. This guy said there were 19 latent fingerprints found on the pages of magazines, including Penthouse and Barely Legal, matching those of Jackson and his then 13-year-old accuser, or the boy's younger brother. Spinner told juries that Jackson's left thumbprint and three fingerprints from his accuser were found on a copy of Hustler Barely Legal Hardcore, the only magazine to show prints from both of them together. He was one of six prosecution witnesses to take the stand on Friday, including four other sheriff's employees who discussed the procedures police used to process fingerprint evidence in this case. So the accuser, Arviso, claimed that Michael Jackson showed him and his younger brother adult magazines in the star's bedroom and later masturbated him on at least two occasions after nights of heavy drinking. The defense has contended that Arviso and Jackson never handled the magazine together, but that Arviso placed his fingers on it during grand jury hearings. So you can make of that what you will. Now, I mean, you don't, as a grown man, you don't go on sleepaways with children. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what common sense have we lost in the world where this happens? And again, he's rich and famous, and, and, and he was, you know, for those who are younger, it's hard to know, it's hard to understand, like, just what an enormous shadow of fame and talent and wealth and coolness Michael Jackson 
Sean, I was going to say erected, but Sean, uh, on the cultural landscape in the uh, 80s uh, and so on. It was just, it was actually huge. And it's sort of the vanity thing that goes on. It's like, oh, my son is friends with Michael Jackson and he wants to be friends with Michael Jackson so that he's considered to be really cool. And and this is the same thing with all of these idiots who are wealthy, who've been accused of, of bribing people to get their kids into universities. Like, well, they're, they're already wealthy. Uh, the kids are attractive and, and can do whatever they want in life. They've got enough family wealth to, to last for generations. But still, they want the cachet. They want the cool factor of saying, well, my kid got into this elite school. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a sort of display of, of status and hierarchy and so on. And it's really addictive. And I mean, what happened to the men the husbands, sorry, the, the, well, the husbands of, of the wives who put their kids in this situation and the fathers, I mean, it's, it's horrendous. And uh, you should check that out. But, uh, you know, the greatest, I've said this before, the greatest danger to children these days are the boyfriends of single mothers or the girlfriends of single fathers, but in general, much greater category of the former. If you have, if you're a child and you have a non-related father, or sorry, a non-related man in the household, your odds of being abuse, abused are like 30 times higher or more. And if you are some sort of predator, then destroying the family, getting men out of the household, getting men out of the household creates a very fertile ground for your sexual predations on children. And uh, this is why, you know, people always talk about these like abstract things, like all these ideals and, and the poor and your relationship to the means of production. And so often it just kind of boils down to sexual proclivities. Uh, this is how the world runs. There's a lot of highfalutin stuff that goes on abstractly, but basically it's like, well, if you ha are sexually attracted to children, God help you, uh, then if you're sexually attracted to children, then you have a significant incentive to uh, break up the family, to, to get fathers out of the household because fathers will generally um, work harder to protect their children, in my experience. So, so yeah. I mean, I believe it. Uh, I know he was exonerated, and I say, but just, I believe it. Now, all of this having been said, let's talk to somebody else or look at somebody else who believes it. And that somebody else uh, is a hideous cyborg preserved by unholy formaldehyde and surgery, I would assume, Barbara Streisand. So this is just from a couple of days ago. Barbara Streisand believes Michael Jackson accusers, but says they were thrilled to be there. Yeah, there's this picture. Barbara Streisand and her, her dogs looking cute by the sea and all that. Barbara Streisand, the article from Variety says, only met Michael Jackson a few times, but she definitely has some opinions about his alleged molestation of several young boys. She shared her thoughts. I guess you could say that they're thoughts. So... Barbara Streisand says that she believes Wade Robson and James Safechuck, who alleged in the documentary that they were abused by Jackson's children. Oh, absolutely, she said in the interview. That was too painful, right? So let's go back here for a sec and go back down to that uh, Jackson attempted to only pe penetrate the 14-year-old Robson said and causing him to bleed into his underwear. So Barbara Streisand 
says that she believes this account, that she believes that this happened, that Jackson only raped a boy, causing him to bleed into his underwear. Now, that's, that's what she believes. She believes this, right? Streisand says that on occasions she met Jackson, he was very sweet, very childlike. Yeah, it's called camouflage. The article goes, goes on to say, but despite the material being, too, being painful to watch, she seems to have some sympathy for the late pop star. So this is what Barbara Streisand said about Michael Jackson. His sexual needs were his sexual needs, coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever DNA he has. His sexual needs were his sexual needs coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever DNA he has. And and this woman, I mean, she's not just famous being a singer and an actress and so on, but she's like an activist and she's hugely anti-Trump, right? Hugely anti-Trump. And I'm just telling you, it seems to be kind of a theme. It seems to be kind of a theme. Trump's economic reforms, uh, reduction of uh, regulations and, and lowering of taxes, what that does is it strengthens the family, right? Strengthens the family. And that's not good for people who want to pray in children. Now, I'm not putting, obviously, Barbara Streisand into this category, but it just seems like there's this kind of pattern. And here's the thing, too. So if you look at Barbara Streisand saying these things, his sexual needs were his sexual needs coming from whatever childhood he has or whatever DNA he has, right? So no choice, no no um, morality. It's, you know, well, it's, it's, uh, it's genetics or it's childhood experience. And, hey, it's just his sexual needs. So if you want to be famous, if you want to be popular, if you want to be rich, if you want to be the entertainment industry, these are the kinds of people that you have to nod and smile to. Who is going to come, in, come out and condemn it? Well, there will be some, of course, and I'm, I think she came out ways of cl- – she clarified her statements, right? <laughs> no, they're pretty clear, Barbara. They're pretty, pretty horribly clear, right? So – What else did Barbara Streisand say about this? She said, you can say molested, but those children, as you heard them say, the grown-up Robson and Safechuck, they were thrilled to be there. They both married, and they both have children, so it didn't kill them. Mm. You can say molested. Well, if you believe that Jackson only raped a boy causing him to bleed overnight into his underwear. If you believe that the fingerprint matches showed that he was showing hardcore pornography to children, that's not a matter of definition. That's not a, well, you say potato, I say potato. You can say molested, but I don't know, it's weird. I mean, what if that was Barbara's child? Very strange. It's a very, very strange thing. Well, there's strange stuff in sideology as a whole about adults and children. So, when asked if she's angry with Jackson, Barbara Streisand replies, and I quote, It's a combination of feelings. I feel bad for the children. I feel bad for him. I blame, I guess, the parents who would allow their children to sleep with him. Why would Michael need these little children dressed like him and in the shows and the dancing and the hats? 
Well, I feel bad for the children. I feel bad for Michael Jackson. Mistakes were made on both sides. I don't know what that means. I blame, I guess, the parents. Well, of course you can't blame the children. And you can blame Michael Jackson, of course, right? And you can blame all the people around Michael Jackson who facilitated this stuff if these accusations are true. And of course you should blame the parents who would allow their children to sleep with Michael Jackson. Of course. Of course you should. I mean, why why would an adult man want to have sleepovers with, with children in in his bed? Like, why? That would make – that makes no sense. But and, – and of course everyone knows – the, the reason why Michael Jackson was able to do this for so long is quite simple. It's that everyone knows that if you disallow the sleepover, then Michael Jackson will toss you out in your butt, right? That's what everyone knows, right? Because if, if you have – like let's say that you are a parent and your kid gets – has a relationship with some older man – you don't go there alone, especially if he's unmarried, if, especially if he's kind of weird to begin with, to put it mildly. Wacko Jacko, they used to call him back in the day. So you don't let your child spend time alone with this man. You're there, oh, are we having a sleepover? I would love to come. <laughs> like, even if you're willing to put anyone or anything or any child in that situation, you don't. But they know that if they say, you're not spending time alone with my child. Sleepover sounds great, says the dad. I'd love to come. I'll stay up all night <laughs> staring. Well, then they know that they're just going to get dropped, right? They know that. They know that, which is why they don't put those boundaries in. It's why they don't do that. So, yeah, of course the parents need to, uh, need to be held accountable, of course, right? So Streisand goes on to talk about the Me Too movement, calling it very powerful. But she says, unfortunately, it's going to cause a lot of women not being hired because men are worried they'll be attacked. The interview explains that she seems to mean that the men will be worried about being accused of sexual impropriety. So here's the thing. So she says the Me Too movement is, is very powerful, but the problem, you see, is, is a huge problem, which is that it's going to cause a lot of women to not be hired, right? So that's, that's bad. That's really terrible, right? But, of course, if you go back here, and what she believes about the reports in the documentary about Michael Jackson anally raping a child, which she says she believes, well, what about the women who don't get hired? You see, they can get married and they can have children and it won't kill them. So you see where the moral standards are here? It really is absolutely astonishing. See? Well, anal rape, well, these sexual needs are his sexual needs. They were thrilled to be there, didn't kill them. Eh. But you see, if women are not being hired, woo. That's really something we've got to speak out about. So her most recent album is her most political ever, although it doesn't mention Donald Trump by name. She's strongly anti-Trump, and many of the songs revolve around themes like Don't Lie to Me. Yeah, see, don't lie. Don't lie. See, lying is really, really bad. Unless, of course, you're covering up the sexual abuse of children, the molestation of children, the rape of children, which you say happened and you believe happened. So don't lie to me, but it's, you know... Eh, you could say molested, but, you know, obviously Michael Jackson was lying to the parents and lying to the world. But, you see, that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump, very, very bad, right? Just absolutely horrendous. So I just wanted to point that out, that this is the, the, the absolutely horrible, hideous, moral cesspool that goes on in the entertainment industry. And uh, 
just how appalling it would be to be part of that. And the last thing I wanted to talk about is that uh, there are reports from the Jackson children that they experienced sexual abuse as children. And I really wanted to talk about this. I've mentioned it once, uh, I think, before, but this is a study uh, from BET. Well, the study is is, um, written up on BET. This is from 2011, so it's quite some time ago now. And it is not a massive survey, uh, 300 women, although they were aiming to get to talk to 700 women in, in the long run. But so it's it's tentative. This is not you know absolute as these things can ever be. But this is a preliminary study from Black Women's Blueprint. Finds that 60% of Black women surveyed said they were sexually abused by a Black man before they turned 18. I really, really want to point this out. Really want to. I mean, if if you want to help the Black community, and we all do, if you want to help the Black community, you really not need to start talking about this. 60% of black women in an ongoing study reported that they had been sexually assaulted by a black man before they turned 18. Uh, it's absolutely appalling. Now, there was uh, something else here. This is uh, Farah Tanis, co-founder of the New York-based organization, co-author of the study. She said, domestic and sexual abuse in the black community often goes ignored and the problem is only getting worse. So she says... A similar study that was conducted by Black Women's Health Imperative seven years ago found that the number was about 40%, right? So that means that 40% of black women were reporting being sexually abused by black men before they turned 18. So molested as, as children, it seems how that goes. So that is a huge, huge issue. And, you know, to those out there who are talking, oh, it's white privilege and white racism and so on, okay, well, we can, I guess, have that conversation. But in terms of what is really harming the black community, and I'm not sure I can make the logical leaps to say, well, white privilege is somehow causing black men to rape black children or black girls. I I can't really get there as far as that goes. So if you do want to start really helping the black community, then this needs to be talked about. Now, the problem is, of course, that a lot of people who are heavily invested in the sort of omnipresent white privilege, white racism, institutionalized racism, as the reason why the black community is, is having trouble finding stability in family and, and stability economically, this, you know, let's split the difference between these two studies and say that half of black females are sexually abused by black men before they turn 18. That's something that can be done. That's something that can be dealt with. That's something that can be talked about. That's something that can be revealed. But people are going to have a tough time talking about it because I don't – it's really tough to do that, you know, six degrees of white nation thing that that people do. Like how long is it before you can blame white people for it? It's really kind of tough if it's a black neighborhood, if it's a black single mom as it so often is, if it's a boyfriend coming through who's abusing the children – it's tough to blame white people for that. I'm sure that someone will find a way, but it's kind of tough to do it, right? So this is ownership and trauma within the black community that really, really needs to be talked about. And if you can talk about this stuff and if we can start to have conversations about the abuse, in particular of sexual abuse of black females when they're children, I think we could end up with a whole lot fewer issues like Michael Jackson, and then I guess Barbara Streisand will have to find something absolutely horrible to vaguely justify at some other point in the future.
Well, thank you so much for enjoying this latest free domain show on philosophy. And I'm going to be frank and ask you for your help, your support, your encouragement, and your resources. Please like, subscribe, and share, and all of that good stuff to get philosophy out into the world. And also, equally importantly, go to freedomain.com forward slash donate to help out the show, to give me the resources that I need to bring more and better philosophy to an increasingly desperate world. So thank you so much for your support, my friends. Freedomain.com forward slash donate.